0: automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. So
1: I uh, was driving uh, my pickup truck with a big trailer full of hay and uh, a light came on the dashboard and I was thinking, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, but I've got my toolbox with me. Maybe I can uh, try and diagnose this and fix it. So I pulled over to the side of the road. I started thinking really hard. What did I hear? What did I hear? And so I, you know, I've heard all kinds of rumors about how you can get idiot lights to turn off. As you know, they're called idiot lights because we're the idiots behind the wheels, right? So the idiot doesn't know what to do because he's an idiot. And I'm sitting there going, what was it? Oh, yeah. Turn the engine off and turn it back on and see if it just clears it. Because I think I maybe overheated it. So, uh, you know, I wasn't paying close attention, pulling a big trailer. And uh, it worked. I thought to myself, isn't that funny? So, uh, anyway, away I went, and I was thinking, I'm so glad that wasn't an electric vehicle, because at least I have some kind of history with an internal combustion car, vehicle, truck, whatever, but I I just don't have any history with electric. Other, oh, yes, then, four. Golf carts, playing golf. But anyway, Carl Brower is here with us from iccars.com. He's an automotive industry analyst expert. He also works with Forbes Autos. He's a contributor there. And he is a juror and board member of the North American Car and Truck of the Year, NACTOY. And uh, juror and board member are something else to do with the World Car of the Year. I know he's going to help elect the next president. The guy is Everywhere.
2: Everywhere. <laughs>
1: You you get the vote on that, right?
3: Omniscient and omnipresent. That's (laughs) that's me.
1: That's funny. So listen, I know you guys at iccars.com are good at doing these studies and surveys and things like that, and somebody, was it you? One of your people was talking to me about, you've got a new one out about the most and least driven electric cars, but the best part I heard was that in the latest study, it also shows that EVs cost 45% more than gas cars, but are driven 29% less. So let's just do the math here, Carl. Something doesn't add up. You know? You mean you don't like the idea of paying more for less, Alan? What's wrong with you? (laughs) This is the
3: 21st century. That's the rule of the game. I think we've learned that with various forces in the world now.
1: Yes, it's funny though. Like like the story I told today, and and unfortunately I got back going again, and everything was fine. I think I just it got too hot, and it, it put a an idiot light on that said it was actually the little engine light. So anyway, but what happens when an electric car? does something it's like i wouldn't and most people wouldn't have a clue what do you do as a matter of fact because we've seen so many things with fires and all this i personally would get out and run <laughs> get, <laughs> get far away from that thing
3: as possible you know anyway maybe that's the light that should be on the gauge
1: cluster. Yeah, yeah right the a little light flame says run, run. It just says run <laughs> oh lord i mean listen i hate to say it because there are really some good electric cars these days but still they're just it's a choice that people get to make and when they start trying to mandate stuff that's where the problem is but anyway talk about this study for a minute
3: yeah no we just we looked at cars that are three-year-old electric vehicles so they have a chance to have actually been driven right and we looked at how far they're being driven on a given year, and you know the average is right at nine thousand miles, and the average non-electric car is driven around twelve
1: thousand. Right, that's oh, my that's the, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what I put on. I have a twenty twenty two, and June I got it June twenty fourth, and I've got twelve thousand eight hundred miles on it. So we're a couple weeks away. So. And I, but I had to drive 800 miles to get the darn thing, so I take that off. Yep. So I'm right at 12,000 miles if I would have just bought it here in town.
3: Yeah, you're right on target. The official number is 12,758 per year. So you take away your 800, you give yourself a few more weeks, you're right. going to be right there.
1: Exactly, exactly. Isn't that funny? That's funny. I'm just but an yeah, average so- guy.
3: These cars just aren't driven as much, and we know it's because of range anxiety right. and or, you know, just how long it takes to refuel them.
1: Right. So. Yeah, well, and that that's a problem. All right, well, let me take a break. We'll take come back and uh, talk more about this um, so that people can decide whether they want to go ahead and buy an electric car. EVs cost 45% more than gas cars but are driven 29% less. Oh, geez. Oh, he's not supposed to be talking right now. You be quiet. Alan oh, Taylor. Oh, there it is. Anyway, well, it's all right. He was saying my name, Carl, so thank you, Mr. Uh, announcer Guy. We'll be right back, everybody. It's the drive.
4: Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman, 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash
1: Well, it is The Drive All Across America, and I'm Alan Taylor. Thanks to our friends at Dodge, domestic, not domesticated. Uh, Carl Brouwer joining us from iccars.com on about 100 radio stations around the country talking about uh, what matters most to us. What should I be driving? You know, I mean... Well, that's why we talk like this, is it to help you make your choice, what you should be driving. Uh, Carl just is coming out with a study, and iccars.com, maybe you could get into this study a little bit about EVs costing 45% more than gas, but are driven 29% less. Give us a little bit more.
3: Yeah, we looked at over 860,000 vehicles to kind of see what their driving behavior were. That's where we came up with the annual miles driven between electric and gas wow. the most driven car on the electric side is the tesla model x huh. and the first four cars are the model x the model y the model 3 and the model s so to tesla's credit they have the four most driven their four cars that make up their entire model range are the four most driven electric cars in terms of how many miles are being put on electric cars so there you go i think they've got a good range and they've got a great supercharger network and certainly they've got a loyal fan base that loves their cars. Cool. So people are driving them not as far as traditional cars, but they drive them the closest to the distance of traditional cars. The Model S is the least driven Tesla, and it's still 9340, 9,340 a year, more than the average for electrics. And the Model X is the most at 10,378. So it's still not at the 12,758, but the average car is driven that we were talking about. Right, But only about 2,500 miles off that.
1: So the Model X, isn't that the SUV?
3: That's their big three-row SUV. Yeah.
1: So it doesn't get good as as electrical miles as it would from these smaller versions. But that's mom, I guess. Mom doing uh, mom stuff, taking the kids around, doing stuff. My brother bought a Tesla the other day, and I saw him driving it, and I went, wow, he looks weird in that because normally he's driving a big Ram diesel truck. (laughs) and i went well that's kind of funny to see him in an electric car when he his vehicle of choice because he's a big contractor and builder is this big giant truck that he drives around but i have a big old diesel truck and i have to admit i don't like driving it all over the place because it's big so i bought a little jeep gladiator which is still a little truck but it's like having you know your levi's have a watch pocket you know Yep. You, nothing yep. really goes in there. Maybe your chapstick, you know, it's like there's nothing, there's no room. That's like the bed on the gladiator. There's no room in that bed. It's just a little, because I have a toolbox in there too. So you put the toolbox, my dog, I want my dog to get back in there. My dog look at me It's. I'm not getting in there. I got to have some room, you know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's funny. Well, well, this study was interesting,
3: Alan, because it showed a, not surprisingly, but, you know, nice to back up what your intuitive would tell you, total connection between range and miles driven in other words believe it or not cars like say the nissan leaf that have only about 190 mile range they're not driven nearly as much they're driven 6395
1: miles oh goodness so they're
3: they're like less than half the average internal combustion engine right uh you know and and the uh, hyundai ionic electric which had the older one that had a 170 mile range before the new ionic five that one was only driven 6800 miles a year so Surprise, surprise, people with less range on their electrics drive their cars less. But, again, this goes to the fact that when you have a vehicle that doesn't have a lot of range and requires a very specific refueling, or in this case, recharging location, and it requires time, and it's not five to ten minutes like an internal combustion car, it's 30 minutes on a good day and, and, you know, a couple hours depending on what speed of charger you've got. right. It, you just don't want to deal with it as much. And that's what I always tell people. is like, Range anxiety isn't about being stranded in the middle of nowhere. That's probably not going to happen to you. Range anxiety is knowing that when I run out of range, I've got a big issue to deal with. I've got to locate a plug that I can charge into, and I've got to spend a lot of time sitting around while that plug does its thing. Yeah. And, and nobody feels that way about a gasoline car. Oh, I, I'm low on gas. How will I spend the next seven to 10 minutes solving this problem? I'll locate something on my Google phone if I don't already know where one is. Right. You know, I'm on a Google map. And then I'll drive there and fill up. And 10 minutes from now, this problem will be solved.
1: Well, you know what's funny? I think for municipalities, electric cars are great because they know exactly where they're going to go. They take the same little route every day. And I think that that's a really great idea. And then they can go home and go to their garage that the uh, city has or whatever and plug it in and no big deal. But uh, right. for the everyday person, I still think that anxiety, that anxiety is what people take Xanax because of. You know what I mean? <laughs> we'll take a little break. Carl Brouwer here is here. If you want to see this study, go to iccars.com. I'm Alan Taylor. Carl will be right back. He's got some more fun stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah, the subscription model. Oh, we're, we're going to do that. Yeah, for sure we're going to do that. <laughs> Not!
0: Get him hot Show him what I got Stay tuned There's more of
5: The Drive With Alan Taylor
0: welcome back to the drive now here's automotive expert television and radio host alan taylor
1: it's the damn drive all right the drive i know there's a lot of car shows to choose from but none of them are as cool as the drive right carl you better say the right None thing. Of them. No, None of them. that's right. Don't mess with me today, Carl. I got hay fever, all right? <laughs> I tell you what, when I get in hay fever, I get into a bad mood. It's like, oh, my head hurts. My sinuses hurt. I'm sure my nose is swollen. I probably look like a big clown. Anyway, let's talk about this subscription model while I blow my nose. Go for it.
3: Yeah, that's a good thing to do because subscription models do kind of blow. So here's, here's the deal: <laughs> the younger generation has gotten totally, you know, pulled into subscription models. Right? That they pay a few dollars a month and they get their Netflix. They pay a few dollars a month and they get right. their, their gaming, their Xbox gaming subscription like that. So they've been taught that everything costs you a monthly subscription. And I don't blame businesses. I always have to feel like I have to state this, state this whether I'm talking about dealerships trying to make money or Netflix trying to make money. Hey, man, a business is in business to make money. Right. So more power to them. Do whatever you can to make money. But see, I'm not a business. Actually, I am. I have my own business. But, but, <laughs> but, but let's say I'm not in my business. I'm taking off my business man hat and I'm putting on my private consumer hat. There you go. I'm a consumer. And I'm looking to spend, just like they're looking to make as much every month, I'm looking to spend as little every month. So I can respect Netflix's idea of a subscription model, which everyone decided was brilliant because they started to see how much money when Netflix started to get the scale. Every other company, was like, you know, 10 years ago, was like, oh,
0: subscription model. Right. And so
3: now they're all running to it, and uh, they love it. They love like it. You a know, you like a bunch of
1: lemmings. Go ahead.
3: Well, yep. you go buy, like, Windows software, and they don't want to sell you a CD or a DVD ROM that has all the stuff you pay once, and you take it home, and you put it on your computer. They want to sell you a subscription and then they tell you oh but you get all this support blah 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 it's all just about having a guaranteed income because they love having that's guaranteed right. income which is what you have you know X amount of subscribers times X amount subscription rate and you get X amount of money rolling in every month. right so that's that's fine the subscription model is beautiful from the business man's point of view it's not very good especially when you're paying for like a monthly fee for a program on your computer that you don't really use differently every month and you used to buy it once and be done so Ford being one of the companies that's trying to master or at least maximize the subscription model they just bumped the price of blue cruise from 200 a year to 800 a year for their semi-autonomous you know drive for long distances hands-free driving technology and the mustang Mach-E among others and that ring works out to like you know from like a 16 a month payment to like $70 Seventy dollars a month—it's like a three hundred percent, you know, increase, four hundred percent increase in, in paying for this this technology. And, you know, eight bucks, ten bucks, fifteen bucks a month—those are all still too high, depending on what you're paying. But but That's hold, seventy-five dollars a month. Trust now. me, $75 let me let me a month to drive down the highway without having to touch the steering wheel.
1: Let uh, me do uh, some verbal vomit for a moment. This disgusts yeah. me. I'll tell you why. Imagine if you bought. This vehicle from Ford Motor Company because it had Blue Cruise, and you wanted something that had a semi autonomous drive mode. And you thought, all right, I'm going to buy the vehicle. My payment is probably going to be six or seven hundred bucks a month, right? For the vehicle. Right. And yeah. And I think that's okay. I'll pay 16 extra because I want that Blue Cruise. And then they jack the price up. To me, this kind of smells, and I can't smell anything because I got a fever, but this smells a little bit like a class action lawsuit (laughs) because you know what? You just bought a vehicle with expectations of spending X dollars, but they didn't just jack it up a buck or two. Like you said, it's like way out of control. I would be, and I'm glad that I can say these things so completely fearlessly without worrying about repercussions because it's the truth. It's wrong what they're doing.
3: It's wrong. Well, and get ready because this is you know this has been talked about a while ago. BMW wanted to charge extra for Apple CarPlay, and there was a huge revolt. And they were like, oh, "Okay, we won't make you pay extra for CarPlay." You know, Tesla will charge extra for like additional. You know, the hardware is all in the car, but then they'll charge more to get the car faster. If you oh, you want the car to go faster? Well, that's more for <laughs> month. And now now Mercedes is talking about that for their EVs. So. Whether you want to talk about the subscription model being BS, whether you want to talk again about electric car issues, because they can do that. You know, they can't change the horsepower in my old muscle cars based on how much money I'm paying every month because they don't have control over the drivetrain. But right. these electric cars that are also connected to, uh, you know, the the mothership, the matrix, they can control those at a whim and, and remotely reduce or increase your horsepower. So, you know. again, if you're an old, old buddy-duddy like you and I, and this all seems a little uh, crazy and certainly a little greedy and uh un-american to you well that's because we're old and we have a different perspective (laughs) we
1: aren't that old that's the best part but you know what we see the truth in the situation and we're unafraid to talk about it that this is wrong what's going on here and unfortunately this is part i have to say it. this is part of why the classic car world the vehicles of yesterday that were oh guess what able to be worked on in your own garage with a set of craftsman basic tools or you go go even less to harbor freight and pick up the worst tools you can find you can still fix your car that's why those cars are going up in value and people are i think going to be more and more afraid of these new cars because of the uh the electronic leash you know what i'm saying it's an electronic leash yeah so I don't want yeah, to be led around yeah. on a leash all the time and have somebody jerking my neck when I least expected. No, I don't like this at all. Is there a story about this on uh, com or, or what would you
3: do? No, we didn't cover this specifically. You know, we do more of the data and analytics, but this was just a, a burr in my uh, saddle, as yeah. you can imagine, and I figured you'd you probably... Because uh, this is the future, Alan. Get ready and all. And it doesn't mean you and I will be dealing with it. We'll just keep driving our old cars, but That's if who right. buy new cars,
6: be ready for this.
1: Uh, we'll be right back. Stay with
0: us.
6: Up and down is a roll. I'm going to buy me a
0: Mercury now. up and down is a roll. Up and down is
4: a Attention business owners, 3076 businesses are shutting their doors. Every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book.
0: This is The Drive with Alan Taylor.
1: Our show is brought to you in part by Subaru. Go where love takes you. Thanks to the folks at Subaru for sponsoring our show. Carl Brower joining us from iccars.com. For those that don't already know, and if you've heard this show before, this show's been on the air for 31 years. 31 years, Carl. Wow. Which means you were like five when it first started. (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) back Um, back
3: when cars weren't controlled by the matrix actually at
1: that time 31 years ago my pants my waist size was 31 so okay maybe 32 but today it's more into the 40s so i I don't know how i'm keeping (laughs) up to it it's you know girth but anyway uh carl had a ford gt he's had two of these things now and uh the first one he had he had it for how long did you have like 10 years Thirteen years,
3: thirty-one thousand miles. Wow!
1: And then the next one he got, he sold that, did really good on it. He did very good for a car that you bought brand new. I think he more than doubled your money, or at least doubled your money, right? Something like that.
3: Uh, well, I didn't do that well because I drove it too much, unfortunately. But I'm still glad I drove it. But I certainly, I certainly did fine. I was certainly paid to put. Uh, I'm 10, talking about on no. I'm talking
1: sport. about the first one. The first one.
3: Oh, the first one. That one I didn't double on, but I definitely, like, 50%ed on, plus I got it partially funded when it was in the long-term fleet for Edmonds for three years. So I did
1: quite well on it. Oh, you did. He worked the system, everybody. Um, Yes, I did. So, he, yeah, he got all his money back and then some, and then put that into this next one, the Ford GT, this sporty-looking wild thing. And you had that for, what, three and a half, four years? Four years. Just over four years. And uh, he has now sold that, and again, done very well, very well. And uh, so good. So the question is, Carl is asking today, what should Carl replace the Ford GT with? And he says, uh, I have a candidate I might be buying it right after the call, uh, which you must have put this together last week because... I wasn't here last week. So you must have bought something.
3: <laughs> the candidate is underneath me right now. I'm in my bonus room above the garage, and it's, oh, it's so about funny. 10 feet below me right now. So
1: That's too funny. Okay. So I think it's a Porsche 911. <laughs> you cheated. You looked up something. No, because I know that you like 911s. And for about the last two weeks, you've been posting all these pictures on your Facebook page. There was all these 911s that you've been driving for the last decade or so, you know, as test drives. And I thought, Carl's got his eye on a, on a, on a Porsche. <laughs> anyway, well, good for you. Yeah, Good for yeah. you. Yeah,
3: well, it, it's, uh, and you know, we were talking about being old and having perspective and all, and, uh, or else just not having imagination is what the young people would say. But, you know, you remember, Alan, you know there are ebbs and flows in car history, right? Like, I grew up with my, I got my license in 1985. And when I got my license in 1985, the horsepower race was just finally waking from its overly long slumber induced through the uh, 70s and early 80s. And you could still not buy a car in 1985 that was faster than, say, a Hemi-Cuda or a 446-pack or a Boss 429 right. car. Those, those cars were still better than the cars in the mid 80s, at least in terms of straight line acceleration. So I'm very used to the idea that newer doesn't always mean better. And I think you would agree with me. And I think now we're seeing it to the max with these subscription models and these electric car problems. But I'm a big believer in being able to look at a a model line it's been made for a long time, and picking out the highs and lows. And the 911 is actually one of the oldest nameplates in the industry. It's been around since '64 uninterrupted. And anyone who says, "Well, the Corvette," uh, they didn't make one for 1983, I believe it was, so uh, or maybe it was '82. One of those years they didn't make one. So the well, Corvette does not have an uninterrupted production from '55 till now, or '54 till now, even though it started in '54. So that 911 had its ebbs and flows. And my personal peak 911, in my humble opinion was the 997.2. That was 2009 through 2011, sort of, and in the 2012, but halfway in 12, they started doing the 991, the next gen, because, you know, the Germans, they love doing that, breaking up different generations in one year. So the 997.2 is the best generation for the the 911 in the entire history. After that, they got longer, they got bigger and heavier, and they also went to electric-assisted, steering versus hydraulically assisted steering, and right. that means that someone with a code and some computer work is trying to figure out what the steering should feel like and what the resistance
1: so, should be as you turn off. So don't, don't get all geeked out on me here. What color yeah. did you get, and, uh, and, and what, what year did you end up getting? So I got a
3: 2012 Turbo S. Oh, so it's, uh, turbo S. not even a turbo, which are fast. That's the turbo S. The turbo's made 500 horsepower and could do an overboost for like up to 10 seconds of uh, like 416 pound feet. The turbo S has made 530 horsepower and they always are doing that level of uh, boost, to give you the uh, additional torque.
1: Nice.
3: And they made much fewer of them. Yeah. And uh, mine, I got the craziest spec. I've been scouring the turn 911 turbo S market for the past five to six weeks. They're all black, white, or silver or gray, which none of those colors are. I consider even colors. Sorry for all the people up there who love black, white, silver, and gray cars. <laughs> I have no interest in those. Because uh, my last so two common.
1: cars were black and white. But continue. Go ahead. What yeah, color? Yeah, I'm
3: just. I'm so over. I'm so over those colors because you know. I just look. I play a game where I'll drive my car and I'll be like, "Okay, freeze!" With someone else in the car, find me a non-black, white, silver, or gray car. They look <laughs> around, and they look around, and they keep looking, and they keep looking. It's just so pathetic. Oh, anyway, my... this Quick! thing popped up. And it was ruby red with a sand beige interior. Oh, I it.
1: nice,
3: Carl yeah, Brower. And it, had, and it had luckiest man 1950, in the world. Nineteen hundred and fifty miles. No way! Uh, did, oh man. I, did, I basically went. I basically got in a Delorean, went back to two thousand twelve, specced my that iPhone nine
1: eleven <laughs> Turbo S, and brought it forward. It's like a brand new car. It's been in a, uh, a time machine or uh, what do they call that a time a capsule. Time yeah. yeah. All right, we got to take another break. Carl, thanks for being on with us today. You guys check out that uh, study at iccars.com about the most and least driven electric vehicles. We'll be right back with The Drive. This message comes from our sponsor, Subaru. In June, as part of the Subaru Loves to Care initiative, Subaru and its retailers partner with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and their local hospital or cancer treatment center to give warm blankets and messages of hope to cancer patients. Subaru and its retailers will have supported nearly 300,000 patients by the end of this year. Subaru is proud to be the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's largest automotive donor. Learn more at Subaru.com care. is the drive by golly george kennedy joining us now and then after that we're going to have lauren fix in hour two and brian moody lauren fix from the uh, car coach reports and brian moody from auto trader in the hour two there uh but right now it is george kennedy george has been uh driving the new z car now i am a big fan of the original z car And then, of course, they made a number of different iterations along the way, but now there is a brand new Nissan Z, and George is going to tell us all about it. Go for it, George.
7: Howdy. Yeah, well, you know, this has been one of my favorite cars to drive this year by far. Wow. Um, Yeah, I mean, and like you said, Z car, just Z. There's no number anymore. There's no 300. There's no 350. There's no 370 because they're using a three liter twin turbo V6. And, I, you know, anybody that went to go buy a, a German luxury car in the last 20 years knows that those numbers on, on a Mercedes or, or a Beamer, they're starting to get away from actual displacement because with turbocharging, supercharging, hybridization, the number, you know, you're, you're making more with less and no marketer wants to try and sell somebody, you know, hey, pay more money for a car with a lower number.
1: Right, right. right. Well, give us a so, little, uh, you know, what was it like uh, getting in the car? I mean, is it did it live up to all of your expectations? If you are that impressed with it, there, there must be a whole lot to say here.
7: I didn't know what to expect getting into it. I know I loved the look of it from the first time I saw it online, the debuts and everything, and I was curious, you know, where is that going to land in terms of size, in terms of packaging? And what I got into was a... Really fun, you know, not as hardcore as a BMW M2, but more like a Grand Tourer with a with a healthy dash of, of great performance. Yeah. that twin turbo V6 makes 400 horsepower.
1: Nice.
7: Uh, in this model, it's routed to a six-speed manual transmission, which has a really cool feature that Nissan was sort of early to the game on, and that's rev matching. Right. So, on the downshifts, it'll blip the throttle for you. And, and anyone that's done performance driving, heel-toe driving. The reason you're doing that is to sync up the engine speed for a more smoother downshift and that's really important when trying to enter a corner. Balance on braking. That's a really big component of performance driving. This allows you to do that. Right. and it's a, It almost feels like a bit of a cheat code for those of us who kind of went through the trials and tribulations of learning how to do heel-toe driving. But what it does do is it, it, it complements this really well-balanced driving experience. I, you know, The acceleration is great. The sound is fantastic but it's it corners really well. the steering is precise and direct the, the steering it the steering will feel as well weighted, but it's never overly harsh. I mean, this is a car that you could put a couple hour road trip under and and feel decently comfortable getting out of
1: so you're a big guy. we always say that just in case somebody's new and they don't know you're like six foot three or so. Um, That's right. How was it getting in, in and out of the uh, vehicle because these little sporty cars sometimes can really you know crank your neck and you're back.
7: Yeah, so that you know getting in and out was was decent. Once you're in there, it's a really nice seating experience. Getting in and out there's a little bit of work to it, I would say for my size. I feel like I'm all, I'm all legs and I would I would have to raise the steering wheel, the manual steering wheel to want to get out comfortably or you know sometimes in the summer you want to do some some barefoot heel toe driving and you know <laughs> you got to raise it to put your flip-flops back on. So yeah, real real hard stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I haven't driven a car barefoot in probably thirty years, but I remember I enjoyed doing that way back when, when I, I was a kid. You know, we had
7: a nineteen eighty six four runner in college, and we would take that to Cape Cod and go out and off roading on the on the the sand dunes. And I don't, it, it's an urban legend that it's illegal to, to drive barefoot. Uh, yeah. That's that's an old high school myth, <laughs> and it is one of the great. Like my happy place is driving a manual car
1: barefoot. <laughs> All right, so when you're driving it around, you get a lot of eyeball and people looking at you, and you know, thumbs up. Well, or
7: part of it was that this this car was in the the color of like lemon lime Gatorade, yellowish green. Oh geez. Okay. Yeah. It was It was safety yellow, and it got a lot of looks. There were people. In modified Toyota Supers pulling up me, up next to me on the highway, there were people in older Z cars waving. It got a lot of looks. It got the kind of attention that a supercar would get. And I, but there were always from people in the know. It's never just like an onlooker. Oh, what right. is that? It's always somebody driving like a you know an E thirty M three would look over like oh, I know what that is.
1: How right? so how how much money?
7: Sure. So the the Z starts. At forty thousand dollars, which I think is a fantastic value for what you get. I mean, you're getting Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, driver assistance features. Um, we drove the performance model, so you get more dialed-in suspension. You get the, the the rev matching. That starts at fifty, and we got that crazy paint color and a couple other options, and it came out to fifty-three. Mm. And once again, in the modern car market, fifty thousand dollars for a Forty to fifty thousand dollars for a, a great sports car is a terrific value.
1: So here's my question: You said something that rev matching. I don't care for that. And is it is it you know I I because I I feel like so what, what that is for those who don't know when you downshift you're supposed to heel and toe downshift that means you. Well, I don't want to get into the semantics of it, but you use your heel and your toe and you kind of blip the throttle and, you know, you're, you're using your feet are like, you know, man, your feet are having to do all kinds of stuff and specifically your right foot. Yeah. Yes. And they, they, they put in here an electronic blip of the throttle and I get it. It makes everybody kind of like a uh, fancy sounding driver but I didn't like it. Even though it did it for me, it made me lazy. You know? So that feature comes on the performance model, which is the one we drove.
7: If you want to go with the the, the Z Sport, the entry level model right. forty thousand dollars, doesn't come with that. So right. That's what you know. My, my dad always talks about. It. He's like, I want to get the cheapest model you can. You know, the low model because it has the fewest tech features in it. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's, that's that's exactly that's, that's a, right. That's a performance yeah. example of that, right? All
1: right. Well, I'm going to play "Moving Violation" for this. This is a this is the perfect song. Nirvana, uh, "Moving Violation." The, the new Z car, starting around forty thousand bucks. I don't care for the electronic downshift. I guess maybe I'm a little more of a purist. I don't know. Although I like some of the electronics that these cars have, I just think, I just wish I could work on my car again. (laughs) We'll take a break. George Kennedy's going to come back one more segment. He's got one more car to talk about.
4: Pension business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holm. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book.
0: welcome back to the drive now here's your host Alan Taylor
1: Our show brought to you in part by Subaru love it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru Thanks to Subaru for sponsoring our show George Kennedy is here he is automotive industry analyst um, he I, he's there's so many things he does that I don't even know what what is your main what is your most favorite and main uh, outlet I'm gonna say? Well, ask.
7: don't ask me to pick favorites when it comes to, to my clients.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. All right, well, what, what are they again? Well, so
7: yeah, I contribute to U.S. News and World Report, right. uh, Car Gurus, Forbes, Wheels. I take photos for JD Power. Oh. Uh, I sometimes uh, am a guest host on drive through radio in Providence, Rhode Island, oh. and I'm a contributor to the drive.
1: There you go. There you go. All right, so another Nissan you drove, you drove the Z car. I'm a little jealous about that one. But what is this one, the Aria? I have a feeling you're less jealous about this one,
7: but <laughs> yeah. it's it's really interesting because you know Nissan was one of the first automakers to bring an electric car to the market in the Nissan Leaf, and you know the EV market has evolved at a rapid pace since then, right? So you know the first to get their nose the door gets their nose bloody, yada yada yada, right? But the Leaf has been what I've often said is more of a model of what an electric car should be. The same with the Chevy Bolt, right? Where it's smaller, more lightweight, more affordable. But there's been, you know, 8,000 pound EVs like the, the Hummer EV that's the Tesla lines, which are all heavier but capable of incredible performance. And, you know, from those big headline grabbing EVs on one end of the spectrum and the Bolt and the Leaf on the other, the Aria some, fits somewhere in the middle. It's, it's a small electric crossover, it has two rows of seats, decent cargo space. But really, in my opinion, it's all about sort of bringing the EV format to the small crossover SUV space, which is one of the most popular vehicle segments on the market today.
1: Right. Earlier, we had Carl Brouwer talking, and one of the things he said that EVs cost 45% more than gas cars, but are driven 29% less. So... Interesting. I mean,
7: part of that could be the—and Carl and would know. I mean, they've got great data over there with so many IC cars— you know, that's, that's just a thing about it. them being early. I mean, they, they make up, what, 3% of the, the new car market? And that doubles every year, by the way. Right. Um, at least it will until that sort of tapes us off. But when something's still new, when the, the goods to build that cost a little bit more, and people are still understanding how to, how to you know, live with these vehicles, of course those numbers are going to make sense. Any type of uh, technology, there are early adopters, right? Think iPhone, think MacBook. You know, you got your early adopters, and now they're ubiquitous. You know, I don't know how much as car enthusiasts, you probably like hearing me talk about a car like an iPhone, but for there, there are a lot of people out there. Think about it. You know, how many Prius drivers are out there, Toyota Corolla, whatever? That really kind of don't care what's powering their mode of transportation. They just want it to be reliable. Right. They want it to get them where they're going. And the the one big thing that's the, sort of the, the 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 missing link then is charging time and they've been getting really good with charging times. This Aria has a range of, I think 260 miles and that's for the, the mid tier, like all wheel performance esque version. The max range for one of the models is 304 miles, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. And they all have DC fast charging. And at least here in New England, we've got a great charging network and a lot of DC fast chargers with 250 kilowatt, 350 kilowatt chargers. These can charge your vehicle from like 10% to 80% charge in like 15 to 30 minutes, depending on the model and depending on the charger.
1: Wow. Well, you know, uh, here on the West Coast, we have the uh, Tesla, you might say, his kind of uh, the corridor of his charging stations. And I just don't see that many, although I'm starting to see a few pop up in, you know, Walmart parking lots and some of the places. And it's like, oh, there's some charging station. Oh, there's a But... As many electric cars as they want to sell, I think you know, and and the, the point is made often that there's just not enough infrastructure in and and uh, well, I th- it's so take what years.
7: I would say too, is there are a lot of them that are out of sight. For example, there's one at a Walmart in Providence that I often go to, and you if if you weren't looking for it, you wouldn't know it was there. Because how often that when you go into uh, a strip mall parking lot. Or are you looking at the outer edges of the parking
1: lot? Well, it's full? yeah. That right? the ones that bug me though are the charging stations that are right up front at like Home Depot, and it's like, hey, yeah, that
7: you know, I, that was kind of like an early on kind of thing, yeah. when they just needed two parking spaces, and they're basically treated two, like, you know, handicap. No, handicaps. it's like there's the, the a hand-
1: there's the handicaps, there's the electric charging, there's the we'll bring your stuff out to you. It's like, I got to park at eight miles away, George. George Kennedy, thank well, and you, buddy. Now that, <laughs> and,
7: now, and now that there there are more cars and they have to build bigger charging stations with four, six I know. chargers, yep. now they have no choice but to put them at the end of the parking space yep. or. You know, build build it next to a restaurant, like build next to a Panera. Yeah. Something
1: where you know you're. you're All in right, community. I get it, I get it. The commercial's gonna run us over. Knock it off. That's George Kennedy. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, buddy. <laughs> we'll be right back with Lauren Fix. Stay with us.
0: This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto news, exclusive interviews, real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television, and radio host, Alan Taylor.
1: Well, we have a very full show, lots of information, lots of things going on, finally, in the automotive industry. Uh, To help me talk more about things, to get things uh, fired off here, we have Lauren Fix. She's the publisher of CarCoachReports.com on the web.
2: Lauren, what, what have you been
1: doing there lately,
2: girl? Oh my gosh, it's been busy. We went and saw the micro bus last week from Volkswagen. Yeah. And this week we're looking at two brand new Lexus vehicles that are gasoline-powered because oh. Toyota and Lexus are paying attention to what you want and not listening to the crazies of the world saying, you need to switch and get rid of all your gasoline-powered vehicles, although we don't have charging.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Well, you know, what's funny yep. you, you say that, the uh, a little inside school talk The president of Dodge, we're sponsored by Dodge. I become friendly with him. He's, He's a great guy. And uh, he was—he looked like he was going to be retiring because Dodge is a performance brand. I thought so. Yes. I
2: thought so. My right? buddy Tim, he's a good guy.
1: Yep. But did you hear <laughs> what happened?
2: They sucked him back in. That's yeah, they right. sucked him back in. Yep. you're so good at making Dodge amazing products, the Challenger and the Charger, and making power and making a statement in the industry. We're going to keep that, and we're going to give you rant. I so, love it. So I now, love
1: it. Now he is in charge of Dodge and the entire Dodge family, and Ram, all Ram trucks, and all the vehicles that Ram makes. And my guess is he's probably going to put, like, uh, Powered by Dodge or something back. Because <laughs> I always get it confused, you know. you know, right? That's too funny. Well, anyway, so congratulations to him. I I was sad to see a guy that has done so much for a car company that I had said before. I You know, there was time in my life where I wouldn't buy a Dodge if it was the last car on planet. But... Mm-hmm. That was many years ago, of course. Not anymore.
2: That, I, I don't, just bought a yeah. Dodge, and wait, like you, I'm waiting for the same vehicle to come in. That's right, the
1: Dodge Demon 170. But the thing is yes. that they're they're fantastic machines, but they are enthusiast cars, even for those that don't buy the ones with the big engines. Because there's Mm -hmm. just, they have the right look. I don't know what's going to happen, you know, next with the Challenger going away. There'll be, I'm sure there'll be something new coming along. But anyway. Well, they already
2: showed their electric car, but you know what? Think of this. So we know Tim Kineskis, who's in charge of Dodge, is really a car guy, a true car guy. Totally. And I love his personality because he's all like, let's make a statement. Yeah. Yeah. Now if he gets his hands on Ram and they already have TRX and now you've got Raptor, Raptor R, you've got the Silverado coming with a bigger motor. Everyone's in this big competition. (laughs) Let's shove a big Demon 170 into a Ram truck. (laughs) Now we're talking. I I bet you he's going to have small trucks too. My guess is he's going to Fight the Ranger and the Tacoma. Yep. Watch with a Dakota is what I meant. To
1: right, say. right, right, right.
2: Coming soon. You know
1: what? And it's funny. You talked about uh, Todd and Lexus. I believe there is a big pushback on gasoline or on on diesel. Listen to me. See now you got me confused. There's a big pushback Sorry. on electric cars because the gas and diesel engines are so efficient these days. As a matter of fact. Earlier, we had Carl Brower talking, and one of the things he said, this is just a little headline thing. He says, most and least driven electric vehicles, and the study that they did on IC cars was, EVs, ready for this? Electric vehicles cost 45% more than gas cars and are driven 29% less.
2: So... It makes sense if it's your second or third car. I just did a story that posted on my Car Coach Reports channel that is from Fox Business and uh, with Moria and It was oh. five things you need to know about hidden costs on electric cars. And it takes 15 years for you to recoup your money. <laughs> have fun with that.
1: Oh, <laughs> nice. Well, there you go. On the show today, mm-hmm. we'll have uh, Carl from iccars.com. Lauren Fix is with us right now. Uh, in hour two, I think that's Carl it'll be an hour two. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Brian Moody's coming up at the bottom of the hour. He's actually going to talk about the uh, the new VW uh, ID Buzz, the electric bus, and uh, ten best, uh, ten cheapest new cars you can buy. Lots going on on the show today. Lauren's on a test drive right now. We'll come back and find out what she's going to be doing. This is the drive. Don't go anywhere.
5: One that needs to-
4: Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors. Every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book.
1: Well, you're listening to The Drive. I'm Alan Taylor. Our show brought to you in part by Subaru. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. And uh, Lauren Fix is joining us right now. Car Coach Reports, you can find her all over the place. Uh, Hashtag Car Coach Reports on Instagram, at Lauren Fix on Twitter, Uh, CarCoachReports.com on the web, and her YouTube channel as well. Um, You are in, what did you say, Austin, Texas right now? I am in Austin, Texas. What are you doing For there? a yeah.
2: first look of the Lexus, this is the GX, which is replacing the old GX with a new one. There's going to be new engine and a new vehicle called the TX, which will replace the RXL. So I left and I said to one of the uh, internals, I go, TX, like in Texas, because they are now in Texas. He goes, no, the interior is as big as Texas, but that has nothing to do with Texas. I'm like, you think they would have come up with a different letter configuration. But <laughs> right. what do I know? It could have been the SX. I guess that's taken. Yeah. I guess you have to go with what others not taken, too.
1: That's right, that's right. If
2: you did WX, it would mean weather, so that wouldn't work. That's
1: funny. Well, now, you said something about it's not electric, because everybody's kind of coming out with electric, like I said about the Volkswagen they just showed, but what's the story with
2: it? Uh, Well, the thing is with electric is they're going to do a mix. I've talked to, as you have talked to, a lot of the internals and the first thing they say is the worst thing that they can do is to say we're going all electric and that's hundred percent all electric. A lot of brands have said they're going to do it. Cadillac, Volvo and others. And I, I think the problem is, is that your customers aren't there. I mean, if you decide today, you switch gears and you're hundred percent electric and you only sell a fraction of what you used to sell, you're not going to be in business. You can't take that risk. So with that thought in mind, you're seeing Toyota saying, "Listen, we're going to offer electric cars like the BZ4X or the Lexus. Uh, what did I just drove it? It's the oh my god, I can't remember. There's so many of these silly letters. I know. Uh, the Lexus was uh, the RZ450E. Again, who comes up with these two letter, three letter acronyms Driving me crazy. Yeah. But they do have electric, and they have plug-in like the Prius Prime and the UX, which is the Lexus line that compares to that." But they're also going to offer gasoline and hybrid versions so in the case of the tx which is coming out is a three-row suv there's going to be three different engines they're going to have the 2.4 liter gas we're all used to the one they've had forever it gets like 21 miles to gallon it's a three-row suv with all new top safety big 14 inch center screen i mean everything's new then they're going to have the 500h which is going to have a, a turbocharged hybrid motor mm you'll get 24 miles per gallon. Then they're going to do their newest motor, which is a 3.5 liter V6 plug-in hybrid. So they're offering a mix that is 406 horsepower. That's crazy. And it gets 30 miles per gallon, but 33 on the highway. But, you know, you can have your EV range. The whole interesting thing is they're offering a mix. You can have gas, you can have hybrid, you can have plug-in hybrid, you can have all electric. And then in Europe, they offer diesel that are offered here. But, that makes sense, and they're wise to look at it from that perspective because everybody has a different lifestyle, and it's not the cars. That's the one thing that people, people say, oh, you're anti electric No, at this point, the cars have really stepped up their game. There's some really impressive product. However, it's not the car. It's the infrastructure. You have one charger for 10,000 cars on average across the U.S. I'd make that number up. could be the federal government. So the federal government knows that every 10,000 cars you're fighting for one charger. And if you've ever had an electric car, borrowed an electric car, used one or sat with someone who has one, you go to the lot and you go, oh, I don't, I don't want to charge at home. We're at a mall. And you get there and there's three chargers and two of them don't work. And the one, there's some guy with a Nissan Leaf who's had it sitting there all day because you work at the mall. <laughs> right. So that's the problem. So you go, well, you will be able to use Tesla chargers, but again, this is the biggest problem is the infrastructure because right. what I found out you and I own a parking lot, Alan. We decided we're going to put in a charging station. So we put a million dollars into a level two charger for our customers. Smart thing to do. You pay for one charging station, we pay for the electricity, and then you pay us back when you charge with your credit card. Right. Here's the dilemma if it doesn't work, someone comes to you and says, hey, Alan, it doesn't work, you can't pick up the phone and call Electrify America or whoever you bought it from, EV, go pick a brand. You're not going to send somebody out. You have to call an electrician. That expense is 100% on you. Oh. You're only paying for the installation. So if you're a charging station, you're not making money. You're not going to make your money back for 10 years. You know, yeah. you might go, oh, I'll get to that next month. You well, know you, what I mean? You know
1: what it is? There's no infrastructure what? for repairing the, the lack of infrastructure when it comes to charging, <laughs> there's no infrastructure to exactly. pa- repair the lack of infrastructure. Um, the, here's the other thing: when you hear these automakers saying, "Oh, we're going to be fully electric by you know what, whatever year," th- there's a mulligan word there Fully electrified, which means hybrid, plug in hybrid. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I got a mulligan. Yeah, Yeah. it's that, right? All right, hold tight. Uh, Lauren Fix is with us. We're just talking about the crazy car business. Uh, We'll be right back. It is the drive. Stay with us. This message comes from our sponsor, Subaru. In June, as part of the Subaru Loves to Care initiative, Subaru and its retailers partner with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and their local hospital or cancer treatment center to give warm blankets and messages of hope to cancer patients. Subaru and its retailers will have supported nearly 300,000 patients by the end of this year. Subaru is proud to be the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's largest automotive donor. Learn more at Subaru.com slash care.
0: Welcome back to The Drive. Now here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor.
1: And our show is brought to you in part by Dodge. Domestic. Not domesticated. Neither is Lauren Fix from Car Coach Reports. Um... she was on Maria Bartiromo on Fox talking about 15 years to recoup your investment in electric car. What in the world? Whew. That's a long investment. Long time.
2: Well, to you that. better love your car. I mean, most people don't keep their cars that long. The average length of um, car ownership is about 12 years.
1: Yeah. I And I think. So you start thinking about
2: that. Well, that's a long a, time to own a car.
1: With an electric car. I mean, I I can't imagine. I think we're heading into a world where. They don't really want you to own them anyway. They want you to lease hey. them or, or, you know, kind of have some sort of a...
2: Or live in a city for the 15-minute city.
1: Right, right. She told, You also did a story on the 15-minute cities, which we could touch on a little bit too. But it's yeah. just weird. I mean, I can tell you, I don't want to pay repair shops because the price of repair shops anymore is horrible. And so I feel like I have to have, I have to have a warranty. And I don't know what to oh, do about yeah. that. It's kind of sad. I mean, I can work on my own cars, but the cars are so complex. No, I can't work on my own cars anymore because I don't have all the electronics that I need to diagnose them. You know?
2: Exactly. Well, that's Right to Repair Act. That's still going on right now. So the Right to Repair Act is an association of, of a lot of repair shops a lot of money. And they're pretty peeved because you come in with your new fill-in-the-black right. and you've got a problem. And maybe the dealer said, we're going to charge you for that. That's not covered under warranty, whatever it is. Now you're like, oh well, how do I get my car fixed? You hear get a price from the dealer. And you're like, eh, it might be a little high. Let me check with my local guy that I love to work with, whoever it is, local chain. And you go there and they say, oh, yeah, I can do it for you, but I can't get the software in order to do the update or I can't you know, get the part or whatever it might be. So the manufacturers are trying to make it very, very difficult for consumers to go anywhere but to the dealer. But the dealers only have so many days and so many employees. Right. That's where the dilemma comes into play.
1: Well, you know, I'm just uh, I'm at that point where I have every tool I could possibly have and probably quadruple of some of them, because I have a toolbox and each I have you know man cave toolbox and a big shop toolbox mm-hmm. and, but I don't like all of these lights and sensors and all these things. It's I don't like, either. I just like the old stuff, and so you know, I, what do you do? But we're we're in a we're in a very technologically advanced world, so. Since I like the old stuff, I own some old cars. Since I also, I yes, you do, and since I also like the new cars, I own some new cars. But by God, I will always have a warranty on those new cars because it's just, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's the only way you can go. But anyway, that's just it is what it yeah,
2: is. Yeah, I do the same thing. As a matter of fact, I've got, I've got new performance cars, but they're on a lease, and when the lease is up, I'm getting rid of them because the moment that they go outside that warranty, especially if you've got a three or thirty-six thousand mile warranty, you're in trouble. Some of the German cars that I've owned, once they hit fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 miles, yeah. you get the big bill about, oh, we need half shafts or something. It's like, what? And oh. then you get the price that makes you want to pass out. I, don't yeah, even, I can do most of it yeah. myself, but I don't want to. I
1: anymore. don't even want to tell you what I've had to deal with with this. Uh, I have an older Mercedes SL500. And it's got to love it. I just got it out of the shop after six months. So it's six months in the shop. Six months. Yeah. They couldn't figure out something wrong. And then they had to take it to Mercedes and Mercedes spent $580 diagnosing it. And then they warrantied what they found. Wow. Which which was really odd. Yes. Because the warranty would pay two or $3,000 and I would have never paid that. So uh, I would have, I would have probably called somebody at Mercedes and said, this is insanity, which I hate to say it. These new cars, man, oh, it's really squashing our hobby, Lauren. It really is. Oh, cars.
2: absolutely. That's the goal. Because remember, and now I'll touch on the 15-minute cities. This is not me. This is World Economic Forum. they said it out loud. You can look it up if you want to learn a lot more. But basically, they want everyone in big cities. And you don't need transportation. If you want to go somewhere, you walk, you take a bus, you take mass transportation, you ride a scooter, whatever it is. And I'm thinking... But not everybody wants... I, like you, Alan, I want to be out in the middle of nowhere. I want to be left alone. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> That's because I live in the Me mountains. My animal.
2: Yeah. I have one animal. You have multiple animals. <laughs> yes, so. I
1: All right, so 15-minute cities, they're still pushing for that, huh?
2: They're still pushing and they're not going to give up. The problem is once they push you to electric cars, and I do cover this interesting study from the University of California at Berkeley that did this whole study about electric cars and pushing people to electric cars, they admitted... In their report, that it really doesn't work, and that the whole goal is when they tell people, "Hey, listen, you went and bought an electric car. Yeah, we don't have the infrastructure. We admit it, and they're admitting it in this report." I love how the the their evil people tell you what their plan is in advance. Right. It's like James Bond. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. So, the once they got you into electric cars, they're going to take those electric cars away from you by making it too expensive to own them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, great and people drink the Kool-Aid and they follow along because they think that the government's looking out for them and the World Economic Forum wants good stuff for them but they don't. It's all about them and control. Well, I will say... Be careful what you wish for. Do your homework, do what works for you.
1: I think the hybrid and the plug-in hybrids are great. My daughter has a um, Chrysler uh, Pacifica Pinnacle, which is the Pinnacle is the top of the line. She loves it to death. She comes to my house. My wife goes, and now I know why our the electric bill is so high because the first thing uh-huh. she does is plug it in. Uh, all right, Lauren, thank you very much. You can find her at carcoachreports.com, at Lauren Fix on Twitter, Instagram, hashtag carcoachreports. Don't forget she has an incredible YouTube channel where she has all kinds of videos. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Brian Moody from Auto Trader. He's got the Volkswagen ID Buzz, the new electric bus coming out. And also, 10 most affordable convertibles, brand new ones, and 10 cheapest new cars for you. That's Brian Moody coming up next here on The Drive. Stay with us.
4: Attention, business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book.
0: Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Oh,
2: we're on?
5: Oh,
1: sorry. Uh, welcome back. It is, uh, well, that's ZZ Top in the background. Alan Taylor here. Uh, Brian Moody joining us now from autotrader.com. Check this out. The new, I, I don't know whether they're calling it the micro bus from Volkswagen, all electric has finally been unveiled earlier this week. Uh, Brian was there, and he's going to talk all about that. It's an electric yeah. microbus. But first, before cool. that, yes, I'm sure it is. I mean, it looks cool, but I, you're, you're the one. But before we get to that, we got a couple of 10s, and then we'll see if the microbus is a 10 also. But 10 most affordable convertibles, and then the 10 cheapest new cars you can buy. This yeah. is all at autotrader.com. Let's start out with the convertibles because I got a convertible story for you, Brian.
6: Okay, so keep in mind when I say <sighs> yes, most affordable. We're talking about most affordable relative to other convertibles, not most affordable convertibles relative to your cousin Junebugs Tercel EZ.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I was going to say because I bought at Barrett Jackson about oh. Coming up on two years ago, I was standing on the block, okay, this is my Barrett Jackson story, standing on the block in Houston, Texas, and there is Barrett Jackson, it's all happening, and I'm just standing there watching it all go by, and I'm standing there, and there's this beautiful 2000, uh, what is it, a 2004 or 2005 Mercedes Benz, SL500 Roadster. It's kind of like this teal green with a light tan interior leather, retractable hard top that's like a mechanical ballet when it goes into the trunk there. And I'm watching all this. I'm looking at it 50,000 miles, and I'm like, and it's going 12,500, 12,500, 12,500, 12,500, 13,500, 12,500, 13, 12,500, 13, 12, 13, whatever. I'm like, yes, I'll take it, 12,500, 13 or whatever I pay anyway, and then I hit it one more time, and I bought it. So I'm standing there looking at it. I had no time to look at it beforehand. This car is evil. That's all there is to it. It's two years later. It's been in the shop ever since I got it, basically off and on. The last one here is six months. It had a, a recall that's good for 25 years. That tells you how many people are having to recall this thing. Uh huh. You know, and it's a nightmare. It's two thousand for this, and a thousand for that, and fifteen hundred for this. So, buyer beware. Some of these beautiful, most amazing cars, like Mercedes Benz SL, that cost hundred thousand bucks when they're new. When you have a breakdown, you're still repairing a hundred thousand dollar car. In essence, even though I only paid you know what? fourteen. You know what
6: the saying goes, right? Yes, buyer beware. <laughs> the saying goes like this: This is a favorite at Auto Trader. The cheapest Ferrari you can find online is the most expensive Ferrari you can find.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because it'll be in the shop. It takes years off your life. Anyway, so these cars that we're about to talk to, the 10 most affordable convertibles, are we talking about new cars? Or are we talking used? What do you got?
6: New cars. New cars? All new cars. Okay. Warranty, yes! Okay,
1: I'll give
0: ahead.
6: you the prices, but keep in mind, this is affordable relative to other convertibles. So Correct. some of them will yeah. be expensive, some of them are inexpensive. Right. Okay. So, let's start at the bottom. We're going to start at the bottom of the list. And we have two honorable mentions, the Bronco and the Wrangler. They're not really convertibles, but I guess they kind of are because the top does come off. Right, right. So, that's how I look those at are, it. Yep. You know, and they're not and they're not that expensive. A Wrangler is about $31 to $35,000 and a Bronco is about $34 to $37,000. You know, I I think that the Broncos is a slightly better everyday car, but they're both good for off-road. They're both retro. They're both cool. The Bronco does a lot right, but there's a lot of people that just swear by the Wrangler. So, you know, convertible doesn't always just mean sports car, but All there right. you go.
1: No, no. listen, and, I, and I'll, I'll agree. I have a lot of friends that have these vehicles. I personally have... A Wrangler pickup, which is called the Gladiator, and I got it because right. removable hardtop and and the the pieces that come yep. off, so I can have the sun on my face. Haven't done it once in a year, but anyway, you got about two or three minutes okay. here to get through ten cars, blow through them. All right,
6: let's go. Yes, let's go fast. Uh, number ten, uh, the the Corvette Stingray at about seventy two thousand dollars. Obviously, mid engine. Right. You can buy two new Miatas for that price if you wanted to. Right. The Mercedes E Class. Has a car where the top goes down $57,000. Okay. The Audi TT Roadster, $56,000. Remember, I said relative to other convertibles or, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, The BMW 4 Series at $55,000. The Audi A5. And by the way, there's an S5 convertible at $53,900. The BMW Z4 at $52,000. Now we're starting to get into some like, maybe this is affordable. One day I might be able to swing a $52,000 car the Mini Cooper, 2023 Mini Cooper 338. Get as a convertible. Yep. The Mustang convertible, 33270. Mm. That's a fun car to have with the top down. Camaro convertible, get them while they last, 329. Yep. And at the top of the list, the most affordable convertible is, you guess it, the Mazda Miata at $28,000 <laughs> for a new car in base trim.
1: Yes. Well, and the reason why he said get them while they're hot because the Camaro is going away. This is, I think, the yeah. last year, right? So, yeah, yeah, next year is it next year? Okay, yeah, I, I know that they're they're putting together kind of like Dodge did with the um, Challenger because the Challenger is going away uh, just because you know I mean it's by gosh probably five years overdue, but it was so popular they just kept on making it. Not so with the right, Camaro, okay. you know.
6: Camaro has a, a series of collector's edition packages in 1LT, 1SS, and VL1 trims. Do you think that's the same as what Dodge is doing with their last call? I think Dodge is making a bigger deal out of it.
1: Yeah, they, they did, and rightfully so, because they still have people hungry for this vehicle that is... In car, in, in the kind of in the car world, it's like an old grandma. That body has been going and going and going, but people love it. And then they make the Demon One Hundred and Seventy with a, a thousand and twenty-five horsepower. Yeah. People are paying a hundred thousand yeah. dollars over window sticker for these things. I love I
6: think it. They did what they possibly do with that body, but yes. the Camaro had a couple of collector's additions i don't right. know i just feel like they should make a bigger deal out of it unless they know something we don't know which is that's going to come back in two years anyway
1: oh uh, well and that happened the last time i didn't come back in two but it came back
6: um all right the
1: uh what is it the most affordable convertibles new vehicles at autotrader.com. when we come back yes, brian has 10 more the cheapest new cars you can buy today we'll be right back it's the drive little Santana right there into the night. I'm Alan Taylor. Brian Moody is joining us from Autotrader.com. He's talking about some of the uh, 10 best, 10 most, 10 cheapest, whatever it is. They've got these, uh, I don't know what he called, surveys to be able to show you what you can buy. Like right now, the 10 cheapest new cars you can buy. That wasn't Santana, was it? That sounds like uh, Nickelback, by golly. Anyway, that's all right. Uh, Brian, what do you uh, what do you what do you got here for us?
6: Yeah, low price new cars. So everyone knows the price of new cars has been going up. But let me just tell you this: people ask. I'm sure they ask you all the time too. Hey, I have a I got a car question for you. How can I get a really good deal? And you're like, Oh, you want a really good deal? Okay, you should get this kind of a car. Yeah, because I'm looking at an Escalade. Oh no, you don't want a good deal. No, you don't. You don't want a good deal. You only want a good deal when you don't buy a car everybody else wants. Oh, yeah, how much can you get me off of a new Denali? Nothing, because everybody wants one. So right. saving money also depends on the kind of car you get. So All talk right. about cheap. Yes. How about this, for starters? Okay. The 2023 Nissan Versa, before destination charge, 15830 You know what? <laughs> that is weird. That's, that's- right? That's so cheap. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I guess because normally we talk about the cars that are, dare I say, air quotes, in the news. You know, with yep. hundred thousand here, hundred fifty thousand there, three hundred, four, five hundred, a million dollars. Here's fifteen thousand and some change for a brand new car for people that just need to commute and want that warranty. So important.
6: Yeah. If, now, if you want an automatic transmission, this one comes with a manual standard. But if you want an automatic transmission, it's about seventeen thousand dollars. But here's what you get as standard. Ready? Smartphone integration, lane departure warning, forward collision warning with automatic braking and pedestrian wow. detection. Yeah. All that for that fifteen thousand dollar price.
1: Well so that's pretty <laughs> listen, when you can go out and buy a side by side to go on the sand dunes for thirty five or forty grand. Um See? you know what I'm saying? This seems awful cheap. Yeah. All right, give me the rest.
6: Yeah. Number two, Mitsubishi Mirage, sixteen thousand two hundred. It's an automatic transmission and a three-cylinder engine, 43 miles per gallon. Wow. If you want the stand version, not the hatchback, it's $17,000, but this is for the Mirage. It's a little hatchback. Yeah. Up from there, we have the 2023 Kia Rio, $16,750. nice looking car, like a five-door hatchback, advanced right. safety features, many of the same features that I just mentioned on the um, Nissan Versa, except I think that the Kia Rio is a little bit more fun to drive. And if you do want a small SUV or a crossover, the 2023 Hyundai Venue, 19,650. Good-looking front-wheel drive, 1.6-liter engine, automatic transmission, lane-keeping assist. Then we have the—I think this is the best-looking car on the list, by the way—the 2023 Kia Forte, 19,690. Again, all those features, automatic emergency braking, automatic transmission, 2-liter engine. And if you have to, you live where it snows. 2023 Subaru Impreza, 19,795, all-wheel drive, Eyesight. That's the you know advanced driver features. Right. 36 miles per gallon, automatic transmission. That's a pretty good price. Yeah. Again, another car that's an SUV, Kia Soul, 19,890 more like a crossover or a hatchback. I'm not sure on right, that right. one, but that's a good price. These are all brand new cars, by the way. Right. Nissan Sentra, $20,000. Chevy Trax, small SUV, 20400 Nissan Kicks, 20440 I mean, those are 10 cars that you can get all for well under $25,000. Brand new car, brand new car warranty, most with automatic transmission, Smartphone integration, LED headlights, turbocharged engines in some cases. Nissan Sentra has safety features, advanced technology. All these cars are inexpensive, and you know, they're going to have a new car warranty. Right. So the headlines that say, oh, my gosh, the average price of the car. Yeah, that's the average price of the car. And if you want a Silverado 2500, okay, guess what? That's going to cost money. You're not going to get the brand new Chevy Silverado for, you know, oh, hey, can you get me a deal? No, because everyone wants one. Well, you know,
1: my sister calls me the other day, and she has a bunch of trucks. um, She normally buys Ford F-350 crew cabs because they pull trailers. And she says, I'm thinking about going to a Chevy this year. And I'm like, oh, really? It's been like 20 years of buying. About every three years, they buy like 10 new trucks for their company. And she says, you know what? They're like $20,000 cheaper for a Chevy than it is for a Ford. I'm like, what? She goes, I'm telling you, we've been doing the price shopping. And she goes, we don't need the fancy ones. We just need, you know, work trucks, but crew cab, dually, you know, for towing. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And, you know, Ford right now, you pay a big premium for Ford. And, uh, and I don't know why that is. And my, my son just bought a new Chevy diesel, too. And I, I happen to drive a GMC. We're not sponsored by everything. I'm just saying you might check it out if you do want to get a truck. Here's another one. I notice that out of this, you have a Kia Rio, another Kia. Let's see. And another Kia. Three Kia Soul. Three Kias yep. and a Hyundai. All under $20,000. Smart. Yep. All with about, what, a 100,000-mile powertrain warranty? Uh, 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 you know, this This is the thing. And all you got to do is spend five minutes in a mechanic shop to know that you need to have a warranty because I just got done paying a bill and I got PTSD from it. I'm telling you. No more cars without warranties for me unless they're uh, 1970 and older. Uh, You can find this cheapest new cars at autotrader.com slash I don't know. Just go find it there at (laughs) autotrader.com. You'll find it if you noodle hard enough. Autotrader.com. We'll be right back. Brian's going to talk about The new Volkswagen electric bus they're coming out with just showed us this week. So uh, he's got the he's got the scoop and the poop because he was there. We'll be right back.
0: Stay tuned. There's more of the drive with Alan Taylor.
4: Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors. Every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. I get no doubt,
0: Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television, and radio host, Alan Taylor.
1: You know, some of us are lunatic fringe car guys. I know I am. I know my buddy Brian Moody is from Autotrader.com. And when I say that, let me explain it. Because Brian, for example, drives a Saab. Okay? Yes.
6: <laughs> 9.3 turbo convertible. Right. Now,
1: me, I have every selection of the strangest cars. I bet I have 15 different things right now, and, you know, mostly older stuff. I don't have too much new. I mean, even my pickup truck is a 2012. I got a nice low mileage from some old guy that, you know, just didn't put a lot of miles on it. But but we love cars. We're lunatic fringe. Now, I'm looking through, checking out autotrader.com, looking for... Uh, you know, what's going on with the Volkswagen bus world? Because I've done really well in the last 35 years with Volkswagen buses, and I saw like a Westphalia camper for like $35,000. Yep. You know, these things are insane. They're going for so much money. But now there's a brand new one. What is it called, Brian? They just showed it this week. You were there.
6: This is called the Volkswagen ID Buzz. So B-U-Z-Z, because get it? Kind of sounds like bus. But buzz. <laughs> yeah. As in, it's electric, but also a bus. I think it's easy to be cynical about these things, but I have to say, you know, they did a great job. It looks like a modern interpretation of a vintage W bus. It's got that big logo on the front. It blows at night. It has so many thoughtful features. And that's kind of what the old bus was like, right? Little storage bins here and there. Different configurations. For the event, they actually invited everybody who had or who would come with a vintage bus, and they brought out, I mean, these people, vintage VW Type 2 buses that were ambulances. One guy had a mobile carpenter shop in his bus that was from back in the day. The 21 window bus, the campers, the transporters, the Vanigans, all this stuff. People are into it. I think, this is what I think, Volkswagen has created such... Warm feelings and such goodwill amongst Americans that people just love those cars. And you could argue, maybe, do they deserve it? I don't know. But Americans feel nice, warm, fuzzy feelings about Volkswagens. And here's why. I'm going to list a few cars from the past. You ready for this? Yep. Volkswagens that I think are the reason we, we love Volkswagen so much. Beetle, Bus, Golf, Golf GTI, Jetta, Jetta GLI. New Beetle, New Beetle Convertible, New Beetle TDI, Rabbit, Scirocco, Thing, Transporter, Vanagon. I mean, the list could go on from right, there.
0: Right, right,
6: So many Volkswagens people have fond feelings for. So this new van, fully electric, I think it's right on. I think they did a great job. It's got so many thoughtful features. The third row seat is spacious. I sat back there, and a guy that's even taller than me sat in front of me and made his seat comfortable. Perfect. It's a great little van. I think that it's, you know, in keeping with the spirit of the old Type 2s, they did a great job. Harman Kardon audio system, little flexible storage bin in the back, and you can lay all the seats down and put a mattress on there if you want to. Did they give you information on
1: range? That's just my curiosity.
6: Range they haven't announced yet, but we're guessing it's going to be about 275.
1: Right. So. Trivia question. Let's just see how uh, in the know you are. What does Nugan mean?
6: Uh, the fun of driving. You're
1: right. I figured you would probably know. <laughs> fun of driving. Nugan.
6: What does Schadenpaca mean?
1: Oh, my goodness. You're not supposed to stay on the radio. That's a nasty word. No,
6: it means, it means you're one of those people that parks in the shade because you're kind of a wimp.
1: <laughs> That's too funny. Okay, so when I was in high school, what did Alan Taylor drive? You ready for this? Take a guess. Yes. It's a Volkswagen, but which okay. one? Beetle. Thing! I had a Volkswagen thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I cool. loved it. I loved it. I'm telling you. Yeah. Okay, so the new ID Buzz, which is kind of the yeah. electric Volkswagen bus, when will it be on sale, Brian?
6: Uh, should be by the end of this year.
1: Okay. And did they give a price Already. of any kind? Summer. Later summer? What, what, what kind of yeah, price? Even- did they give you any kind of indication? On price? Yeah.
6: No. Here's my fear, though. This is the one thing that has me worried. They included so many things as standard features, like tons of things. It ain't going to be cheap. Yeah. I think it's probably going to be 50 No. That's my guess.
1: But I'll tell you what. Uh, people will pay it. They're paying 100 and and 150 and 200 for these old classics. Okay. Is there a story at autotrader.com anywhere on the VW yes, ID? Buzz? Okay. AutoTrader.com. You can check out all these things 10 most affordable convertibles, new cars, uh, 10 cheapest new cars to buy, and the Volkswagen ID Buzz at AutoTrader.com. Hey, thanks to our friends at uh, Subaru. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. That's who sponsors this segment of the show. Brian Moody, you're the best, buddy. Thank you very much. All right, I think that's time for me to go. See you guys next week. This message comes from our sponsor, Subaru. In June, as part of the Subaru Loves to Care initiative, Subaru and its retailers partner with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and their local hospital or cancer treatment center to give warm blankets and messages of hope to cancer patients. Subaru and its retailers will have supported nearly 300,000 patients by the end of this year. Subaru is proud to be the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's largest automotive donor. Learn more at Subaru.com slash care.